and welcome back to Hey, I'm Trek Frankfurt, the Bundesliga podcast covering everything there is to know with the English language about Eintracht Frankfurt, the best club in the Bundesliga, the best club in Germany, the best club in Europe, the best club in the world for that matter. But we are a little bit biased. I am your host, Brian and KC. Follow me on Twitter. That is at H E F Pod. Uh, uh, us on Instagram. That is Hey, I'm Trek Frankfurt on the gram. HeyAndrekFrankfurt at gmail.com is where you can always send to uh, tell us what we're doing wrong, especially in our predictions. And Just remember, when we make our predictions, we're not telling you that that is a lock to place your, you know, to bet the house, literally speaking, or even figuratively speaking, um, because we are imperfect human beings, because... Uh, it's just what we are. And otherwise, you can get in contact with the podcast. Follow us on Facebook, facebook.com slash ETFpod. English language news and information all put in that convenient location, ETFpod.com, where you can find all the latest uh, viewing parties for Eintracht Frankfurt for the day of Bay Pokal final. So, uh, we got that coming up. We had the Eintracht. We had the Frauen all participating over the weekend. So let's kick it off with Chris in Detroit. Hey, bud. How's it going? How's the Motor Brian, City? I'm so happy to be back two weeks in a row. <laughs> Top of the first one there. Uh, first one, first back-to-back for me in quite a while. So I'm looking forward to this. Real life happens, doesn't it? Oh, it does. It does, and it's happening quick. But you know what? I did all the work last week knowing that we had the, the final coming up this week. I'm going to breeze through it at the office. Let other people take care of the meetings. Let them do the work. We have a match to focus on next weekend. But, of course, before we talk about that, we got to talk about what happened this past weekend. That is true. Eintracht had the Bundesliga match going on. They also had the frown taking on uh, their own opposition at the weekend. This was the final weekend of the league formats for both teams. Uh, the Pokal is next weekend. There was a lot of drama outside of the Eintracht match itself. There was a lot of drama that happened in correlation with the Eintracht match. So let's kick it off with an Eintracht 2-1 victory over Freiburg in comeback fashion. Very pleased with the end result on this one. But... Uh, what are your opening thoughts on this uh, come from behind victory by the Eagles? Yeah, you know, the way it started, uh, it, just a little bit back and forth, the first 20 minutes, guys feeling each other out. Didn't feel too good, didn't feel too bad. And even through the majority of the first half, just seemed like one of those casual effort, not a lot of real motivation in these guys to go out, even though there was plenty to play for. Um, the opportunity to qualify for Europe, a couple different uh, directions as far as what was going on elsewhere. But it just really felt like a struggle. And that Freiburg goal right before the half, that, that middle 10 minutes, five minutes each, each way of the half, had been a point where we were playing really well for most of the season, which was contrary to what we did um, in the Hutter administration here with mm. with. Uh, OG with Oliver Glasner, I thought that middle portion of the match was always a strong point for us, or for the most part. And to to give up that goal right before the half really felt like a kick in the nuts. I mean, I I didn't know if I wanted to watch the second half. It was such a 
deflating goal. Um, but yeah, I mean, for the first half, I thought it was scratch. There wasn't a lot either way. What did you think? I definitely would say that uh, for me, watching it in my venue, Kansas City Beer Company, where there was like, I don't know, like 40 Bayern fans, 50, 60 Dortmund fans, me paying attention to the Eintracht, <laughs> and a lot of people who are just like, hey, you probably set this all up, hey, thanks for doing this, and I'm like, I'm watching my game here, <laughs> but you're welcome. Leave me alone. <laughs> But yeah, uh, the way the way things really just transpired or the course of the first half, it was weak. It was slow paced. Freiburg had the multitude of opportunities during that first half. Their goal by Grifo was, you know, typical of Freiburg. Uh, it we we could have prevented it. We. Kevin Trapp had to come up with other opportunities where everything had to be prevented as well with, you know, uh, honestly, match saving saves. But, oh, brother, it was such a... It was so so much stress. It was just one of those games that you normally would say, hey, if a team was on it, like really on it, then you would have seen possibly, you know, like two, three goals conceded. But the Eintracht yes. had Kevin Trapp standing on uh, his head. Nothing against the first goal, admittedly, because, uh, hey, it, it, the man is human after all. But the, the mannerisms of the players, it screamed that they were just phoning this one in I just got you just got to wonder what was said at halftime because Wolfsburg took a second minute uh, lead and they probably something had to have been said to the players that just said, you know what, if you don't really care about this, fine. Whoever, you know, wants to play like you don't this is your spot on the on the roster for the final. And they came out second half entirely different team. Yeah. And, you know, going back to that Freiburg goal for a minute, uh, it's something we're going to need to watch out with Leipzig, too, because we have struggled getting caught with our feet standing still with long balls through the middle like that, over the top, uh, down the middle. Basically, what that ball was, a long ball, you know, being kicked to that, that penalty dot and then just the flick over the top. For some reason, we give a lot of space. We get caught standing still. Somebody gets through the back post. I mean, we've seen it multiple times this year. I think Leipzig might have gotten us for one up the middle, uh, falling asleep earlier in the year. But, man, yeah, we had every reason to come out flat in the second half, just based on our history this season of not showing emotion. Um, But really, we came out the more physical team in the second half. And um, your guy in his last match... At the Waldstadion, uh, Daichi Kamada, mm-hmm. with a fantastic service. I mean, you cannot place a better ball than he did. And to the guy that's been doing it all year in Randall Kolomuani, just textbook. I mean, I wish I could have seen 10 more of those from those two this year. <laughs> totally agree on that. Um, I want to even put down the fact that when the goal 
did the goals came in for the Eintracht. Look at how late in the match it was. I mean, it wasn't like as though, you know, we're talking about how Eintracht came out and looked like a totally different team in the second half. But, you know, it was a little bit here, a little bit there. Philip Max was an improvement on Christopher Lentz. Philip Max coming back from injury. So 100%. definitely excited for him uh, getting everything in there. I mean, yeah, there were other moves uh, from the bench that made you still scratch your head. Um, I w kept on wondering where Lindstrom was at because, honestly, he just looked invisible. And then, hey, you know what? Got pulled off. Aronson, you know, looked pretty darn good. Uh, I mean, again, uh, we he seems to be like that spark plug that comes in off the bench. We'll see what he's able to do with full uh, match starts. But, you know, that's uh, the 23-24 campaign to look at. Um the 83rd minute is not when you're expecting to be scoring a goal. I mean, it did come <laughs> coincidentally like 90 seconds after Freiburg did a triple uh, three-player uh, substitution. You know, Gregorich, who almost got freaking goal <laughs> uh, when he was one-on-one, -on -one, you know, going in for Grifo. Uh, but, you know, Three players being swapped off for Freiburg in within eight minutes. Kolomowani from Kamada. And then, and Kolomowani, how many opportunities did he have? Like, headed oh. with his feet. I mean, yes, he got but the one goal. He should have had so much. Head. Yeah. How, how many guys do you see just lose their composure? Um, Bore is a guy, you know, where when he's struggling, it gets in his head a little bit. The chances mm -hmm. keep coming, and he just struggles. Even even some of our more prolific scorers in the past, when they've had matches like this with four or five chances, but just over the bar, uh, just outside the post, really struggle to keep that composure. Not this guy. He's rock solid. And uh, going back just a minute to your last point, I think there was a transition about midway through the half where we really took ownership of the possession. Uh, it was mostly 50-50, 55% up to that point. But we had almost all the possession in that final 20 minutes. Um, I don't know if we were saving legs or something changed tactically. But once we held that possession, I don't know how you felt. This le felt like one of those matches where you knew it was coming. You didn't know if we were going to have enough time. But if if we could get that five minutes, maybe six minutes of extra time, I felt good with where it was, and actually we didn't need that much. Uh, just one minute was all <laughs> sure. we needed, but it really felt like one of those matches where it was just bound to happen. There was never a point where I said, we're not going to win this. And uh, yeah, we came away with the victory. Um, looking from a tactical standpoint, um, what were the, what was probably the biggest uh, substitution? I'm, I'm still of the mindset that Abembe needs to be the guy going forward in the midfield. I think if Jibrelson really does leave, then he would be the perfect player to replace him. Uh, but uh, I'll, I'll leave that open for you to kind of uh, fill that in. Um, as far as who's coming in or who's uh, uh, of, the important? Like, of the, the moves that uh, Gloucester made. Because, again, you know, 
It shows oh, okay. the changes yeah. made were what needed to be done to get the W, to get the three points. Not necessarily, you know, starting off uh, from the get-go yeah. and uh, getting it right. Yeah. I mean, obviously, Abimbe, um scoring the winning goal makes that an easy one for reference in this match. Um, but the energy of Paxton Aris, Ar- Paxton Aronson, for me, uh, he's not contributing on the score sheet, but it's just a different game. There's no ball that he's not afraid to get in there. I mean, he's a small guy. He could afford to put on about 10 more pounds, but the guy is just a machine. He he works his ass off. He moves quickly. He's never caught standing still. And I think when we see him, we see more confidence up front, more of that um, pressing game that we kind of lack in those lackluster halves where we're getting opportunities but not quality ones. And he comes in, and that energy kind of motivates guys somewhat like Lindstrom did uh, earlier in his career with us. Not so much lately because he's been injured and such, but I get that same sort of energy from Paxton Aronson. Mm-hmm. And one can only imagine that uh, his development will continue. Uh, he, I mean, there is the small chance, though it is, a uh, small chance that... Uh, you know, with Leeds being relegated, wouldn't it be nice if the brothers got reunited? I mean, I know we don't have money for it, but... Eh, wishful thinking, right? <laughs> don't get me started on the money in this place. <laughs> uh, yeah, if we want to get started on the money, let's talk about certain transfers of Hungarian players to Greek teams. Uh, yeah... <laughs> Anyways, um, yeah, getting derailing myself already. Um, the final home game for Amani Torre, um, his contract not being extended. Thoughts on him for in his uh, last moment? You already kind of you already talked about Daiji Kamada, so I'll just kind of skip over that one player who is not extended for the next season is Torre, and uh, I thought honestly he he will be invisible at times. But that's because he's doing a good job. It just seems like you notice him if he like plays that key pass, or you notice him because he was involved with, you know, uh, not marking his man correctly, or something happens on the defensive sector that ends up with, you know, a near goal or a goal itself. Yeah, gosh, you know. You already said it. Uh, he's a guy who you don't notice 99% of the match. Uh, that 1% where he does something, it's usually consistent uh, or, or it's usually outstanding. But it's that consistency during the majority of the match. You don't see him where we're going to lose that that value next year. Um, I don't think it's the biggest loss he, for how great his big moments are. I think there's other defenders out there that are equally as good um, that we'll probably get at a reasonable price. But, you know, the, the way he came on uh, for Buta there at an important point in the match at 80 minutes, and then we score shortly after uh, that stabilizing uh, veteran presence. There is something that's certainly helpful. So we'll miss him. I just don't think we'll miss him so much that we'll say, man, I wish we had him back. I think that's a fair assessment of the guy. 
And uh, if you think about, uh, and we can kind of move on to another player who played his uh, final home match in the um, oh, he may resign, uh, Evan Indica. I think that uh, <laughs> I, I honestly think we have a legit chance at resigning him single handedly because there's not a guaranteed offer on the table from what he would accept. And he knows that, hey, I can fall back on Eintracht and they'll take me because the contract's still there and I can always go back to it. It's just uh, a question of, you know, does he have the offer to go abroad, which I don't think he does. Yeah, so there's two things here. Because um, PSG, because the first no, thing... The, one French club that he probably would go for um, that would pay him also the kind of money that he would want. I mean, he's already seen what Marseille is, and he's probably probably saw those fireworks and thought to himself, yeah, pass on that. And then that leaves just one French team that would honestly be able to fork out the, the cash for it, and that is Paris Saint-Germain, because they have won the cash, the, the prestige playing in European competitions, but those guys are looking elsewhere. So there's really nowhere in France that he could land. And it kind of leaves two leagues as places that he can go. Nothing against Spain. I just look at it as the big teams in Spain are all trying to, well, take that back. Uh, everyone who's not Real Madrid is trying to figure out the new uh, financial restraints that the league has self-imposed on itself and leaves Italy and you're really just stuck with the big teams of Italy and whomever is in the the Premier League. You know, so since you started the Indica talk, my mind has gone a few different directions, but I'll put it this way. Uh, the reason he hasn't agreed to an offer somewhere else is because his idea of his value and the market's idea are too far apart. Mm -hmm. um, a player will always bend a few dollars to go into a good environment somewhere he wants to be. The fact that he's saying uh, he's kind of reconsidering us means that he's nowhere close to the open market value he thought he was. So you can attribute that to the down season. I mean, there's uh, last year we were looking at 30 or 50 million was numbers thrown around at different points. Uh, some of the biggest yeah. clubs in the world thrown his name out there. I'm not saying he's, not worth money now, a good sum, but I think we can get him at a reasonable rate. Um, but the reason I don't want to overpay him just to keep the familiarity is because we have a gaping hole in the middle because Makoto Asebe, God love him, is not going to be able to be there for 25, 30 matches again next year. Mm -hmm. And that center position right in front of Kevin Trapp is so important. And we need somebody... That's my number one priority for spending. I know we're not on that discussion now, but that central defender has got to be the top priority and overpaying Indica would just eat some of that away. And I don't think we can do that. I would agree. And uh, in case anyone was curious who I'm referencing as teams who might have money to spend in Italy, it is your Napoli's, your Lazio's, both Milan clubs. Well, Actually, both Rome clubs because they're qualified for Europe, kind of dependent on Roma. Uh, 
if they're in the Champions League or not based on their Europa League win. And yeah, anyways, <laughs> wanted to make sure that people understood what I was referencing because after that, it's a lot of teams who do not have the money unless they're qualifying for Europe. And even then, they're kind of focused on in other directions. It's just the way that yeah. that league works. But anywho's, um, so I kind of wanted to circle back to Eintracht and Wolfsburg. Wolfsburg went up second minute. Hertha, you would have thought those guys were on the beach and the <laughs> don't give an F factor was through the roof. Well, surprise, surprise, surprise. We were throwing a lifeline. I mean, yeah, Bembe's goal was ama amazing for how late it was, but we already knew that Hertha was up like 2-1. And honestly, at that point, Wolfsburg probably thought, eh, Freiburg's got this. We got this. We'll find something. They didn't end up finding that, you know, equalizing goal, which would have meant that uh, on goal difference, we wouldn't have nailed to jump them. But Wolfsburg didn't do what they needed to do. And suddenly now we finish in seventh, which, you know what? I would have thought before the season even started, I would have thought, I could deal with this. This can work. We got guarantee of Europe for next season. Chris, let's not look at it through the lens of this spring, but through the lens of what we were looking at in August. Your feelings on... uh qualifying for Europe yet again for the Eintracht. So I'm the reason we finished seventh. Uh, I talked a lot of shit about the Europa Conference League. I said I don't want to play in it. Uh, I understand it was organized for the smaller countries, the Albanias, the Croatias, the Czech Republics with good quality players, good teams, but, you know, lower, lower money. Um, an opportunity to play in European competition. I don't want to be a part of that. Uh, but here's the reality of where we are. Um, we qualified for Champions League and made it out of the group this year. In a year where we're ending it with some ho-hum feelings, just based on the last few months, we got out of the, our Champions League group and we finished our position in the Bundesliga four points higher or four places higher than last season. That is not a small accomplishment. I mm -hmm. know we wanted more. Um, and by the way, spoiler alert, six days we're playing for a trophy. So, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I, I almost forgot about the biggest part of this entire episode, but it's the truth. Like, yes, we wanted more. Yes, we wanted to qualify for Champions League again. That was my priority for this season more than anything else was qualifying in consecutive years. But right now, where we are, where we're coming from, this is not a bad spot to be. Playing for a trophy for how many times and how many years now, it's becoming a regular thing. Bayern wins the league. Dortmund is crying about being left out. And Eintracht Frankfurt goes out and wins a trophy. That is our identity now. We are part of the big three or big four of this league. The difference is we have trophies in our case. And Leipzig just has, you know, tin cans. Well, let's put it this way. Uh, this Eintracht team can be a sort of enigma. So, yeah, we uh, 
we got off to a rock and fired start, but if you look at our seventh place finish in the last decade, I mean, my, since we finished sixth place in the 12 13 season where we qualified for the Europa League, um, the Eintracht has only had a better finish higher than seventh, which we finished this season one time. And we finished in seventh place one time in the last 10 years. That was when we made the run to the semifinals uh, of the Europa League. So, uh, Ryan, <laughs> I, I, I've been doing this with you now for four years. Hmm. And I remember the second year I did this with you, um, we were talking about what point in the season we hope to be safe from relegation. That was not long ago. I mean, we have to understand that in a game where, you know, out of a league of 18 teams, only seven are qualifying, to be one of them is a big deal. And yeah, it's not the competition I wanted, but it can be, depending on what happens this weekend. To go to Europe several years in a row is not something we've been able to secure in the past. Five so seasons and six. Down about it, it's big. Yeah. Five and six, it's an accomplishment that if you look at the other teams who are in the Bundesliga who have accomplished this, you could come up with only a handful of names. Obviously, Bayern, Bayfall, Bayer are the two that immediately come to mind, but those others who have accomplished the same sort of thing that Eintracht has done has been Leipzig and Leverkusen. Everyone else is On far gotten, bigger budgets. Yes. Everyone else has done Both this on... Uh, has qualified for way less, like Gladbach and Union. Granted, Union, I think, put a caveat on that since they are recently promoted, but ourselves and Union have been earning it the hard way. Yeah. And, you know, we we don't have to talk about it too much longer because we have other topics, but we've also done it over multiple coaching regimes, over... Uh, multiple front office changeovers. This oh, yeah. is not just a smooth machine with the same guy making the same calls. I mean, this is a sport where a manager gets two to three years, and, and that's on a good day. And look at OG <laughs> here, you know, about to win his yeah. second trophy in a row, and it's time to part ways. That's just how cutthroat this industry is. But if we take a moment and take out the emotion and just look at it on paper, we are still right in the middle of the good times for on track Frankfurt. Yeah. The last time we were in this vein uh, form when it came to consistently participating in Europe, it was the early nineties when some of us weren't even fans. Just, just saying that <laughs> once we won that cup it's and nuts. the, once we won the 88 pool cow, the good times came back where we were participating in Europe and until uh, the relegation year of 95-96, we were constantly at the top end of the Bundesliga, participating in what is the Europa League became was previously in the UEFA Cup and the Cup Winners' Cup, which got molded into uh, the UEFA Cup now Europa League. Anywho's last thing on Eintracht before we move on to what happened in the Bundesliga because that was nuts. Oliver Glasner. Look, um, he could come out 
with two trophies. Looking at the long-term viewpoint, I wonder if we'll be kicking ourselves, wondering what if we gave him another season, you know, a couple more players, more to hit to what he wanted for building a squad because you have seen improvement year to year for his league form going from 11th to 7th. And, hey, Champions League round 16 qualifications a lot harder to do than, like, a deep... Like, it's as hard as a deep run in the Europa Pokal. Yes, but you're ever, each of your group's phase matches in the Champions League, every single one of those guys is a team who would be able to make a deep run in the uh, Europa League walls. Nothing against... Fenerbahce and Mobiancos and Antwerp, none of those guys would have got more than four points from six matches in the Champions League. That's just my it's just my opinion. Where do you see Glasner going next? That's a, something that you I don't know, think I, anyone talks about. Is like, what do you do next? Do you take a sabbatical, or do you find that next gig, perhaps in uh, that weird well, island? Listen, he's going to be sought after pretty heavily because to come to a place like Frankfurt, which um, <laughs> I'm not going to say they're like my Detroit Lions. Um, Jesus. But well, let's not, well, not, not, exactly, not make that. <laughs> <laughs> this isn't exactly a club that's historically known for achieving greatness, uh, not by any stretch of the imagination. And to do what he's done, in two years, I'm speaking on assumption, to play for two trophies in two years and possibly win two. I mean, I don't know. I, there's, I'm curious to see when the book ever comes out what happened behind the scenes here. Uh, I know everyone was frustrated during that cold stretch in February, March, but, man, I'm going to miss the guy. I love his passion. I love the way he interacts on the sideline. There's got to be more to the story, and it sucks that we're going to lose him. But um, I'm concerned about the drop-off. But at the same time, we've been through this three times now in the last few years, and there hasn't been a drop-off. So I'm not overly concerned. Cautiously yeah. optimistic. We went from 16th with uh, Kovac, saving us from relegation. 11th place, runner-up, losing Dortmund in the final. 8th place, winning the Pokal, almost got European qualification uh, ourselves without needing the Pokal to do it. Then you switch over to Adi Hutter, 7th, 9th, uh, and then 5th, like, and didn't have any silverware to come from it, you know, though we semifinals and round 16 in the Europa League. Round 16 of the Champions League and winning the Europa League. Glasner did was more accomplished, and we'll see if uh, there's more coming down the road. So I mentioned the Bundesliga. Uh, Bundesliga title was decided on the final day, as was relegation. Goodness me. Um, at one point, Shaka actually... Okay, so let's talk about the relegation, but we'll talk about the champions and the people who are coming up to the Bundesliga, because that was also exciting on Sunday. Um, so Schalke did lose 4-2 to Leipzig. They were going after it, trying to do whatever they could. 
they even drew 2-2 at one point. You know, it. I honestly thought, hey, this is seriously going to happen. Schalke is going to somehow pull away. Leipzig ended up, you know, packing on a couple more goals, but Schalke was not giving up. I look at Schalke and then say to myself, if they got the coach right from the get-go, they would have survived relegation. And now, because they had 22 points um, from 16 matches. Uh, no, excuse me, 18 matches that they played. That's a heck of a lot better return than they were getting, where they had 9 points from 16 matches uh, to start off the season. That's how bad things were at Chalka. Just It just... It needed the right coach to figure things out, and I actually think that Schalke is going to be a better position to rebound than they were last year, where they had like two, three coaches, I think, to get them over the line in the second division. So uh, we bid adieu to Schalke on that. Um, so uh, Stuttgart one-one draw. They go into the relegation playoff. That's a fun. Uh, that scenario is actually amazingly great. Leverkusen lays the biggest of eggs, and the team that you would not have thought to survive relegation was Bochum, and Bochum actually leapfrogged Augsburg <laughs> to survive relegation. That's probably the biggest head-scratcher of all when it comes to the relegation race, is that Bochum, of all teams, was the one who did not get relegated. They scored 40 goals in 34 matches in league play. That to not get relegated and, with a minus 32 goal differential is astonishing. Yeah. Conceding 72 goals. The worst defense in the league, and they survived. Just, uh, that's a team that is uh, just team effort. And hey, if you're Dortmund, well, silver lining is you at least have the Revier Derby, the Kleine Revier Derby, at least. Um, Bruce e. Dortmund. First half concede two goals to Mainz. All they had to do was get a draw. Get a draw if Bayern won. If, you know, like, if so long as they won, they had not dropped points since um, their 2-2 outing in October. They had won all their matches at home. They were down 2-0 at the half, and Bayern was up. one nothing, Cologne got a penalty that suddenly meant that uh, Bayern was below. Bayern had to win. That was the only way they were going to win the titles. Bayern had to win, and Cologne was actually putting it on a platter for Dortmund. Dortmund still could not get over it. They had tens of thousands of fans around the stadium. They had a full house. They couldn't get it done. It was... We can we joke about the diva. I almost think that that was the bigger diva. You that had everything so set up for you to win yeah. the title against Mainz, who you know, I f- could not qualify for a European competition, could not mathematically qualify, and Mainz got the result that like allowed Munich to win the title. I mean, people were talking Dortmund for days on ESPN or. Whatever, The Athletic had an article about Dortmund is finally turning the corner. Every outlet out there was talking about how Dortmund is going to do this. And I'm like, hey, you know, I don't want to give Mines any credit ever, but they showed up with nothing to play for. They showed up. 
and you got to give them credit. And of course, credit to Byron for taking care of business ugly as they did it. You know, it just, they showed again that one is a business minded organization that gets the job done in an organized way. And the other just finds a way to mess up every chance they get. So I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna be honest. There's other clubs closer to a title than Dortmund. They just don't have heart as a unit. It's it's um, it was built in two different ways. You had one group of guys who were just looking at Dortmund as, hey, you buy a Jude Bellingham for ten million, you become that finishing school for that kid who will then be sold on for five. 10 times what you bought them for and benefit from just having a really good player on hand. But the thing is you're constantly that selling club and eventually you need to win the big title to win the Bundesliga, which I only, I honestly don't believe that any team who's not Bayern Munich ever has a chance of winning the champions league. Even if we caught fire, I think we would have stumbled at like the, the semifinals level of the Champions League. Like when Schalke made it in what a decade and a couple years ago, like they got to the semifinals, they were buzzing, they were so excited to be there. And then Manchester United like just sat on like a fat kid who just sits on the little kid and the little kids just kinda like screaming and, you know, legs legs and arms flailing about and the fat kid is just like <laughs> can't get away, can you? Uh, <laughs> let me ask. Let me ask you, because um, I didn't watch that match. I was solely focused on us. Why was Gio Reyna not starting? He has constantly been coming off the bench for Terzic. I think it's just the way that when he came back from the World Cup, he had like a couple of good moments, but then you know when he'd come off the bench, he would do nothing and. Honestly, I think, you know. Uh, I mean, I he think, had two assists in 30-some yeah. minutes. Yeah. What would he do with 45 more? Yeah, good question. I mean, if they would have made the switch earlier, who would have knows? But, you know, at the end of the day, yeah. Byron wins their left title in the row. Well, hey, maybe we'll be the one to stop that streak. But <laughs> coming up from the second division. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I know, I know. Okay, coming up from the second division is a Hessian club. We already knew this a couple weeks ago. Darmstadt confirmed uh, promotion. They did not win the title, though. They got they whacked. They that away. They, well, they were in, I think, Mallorca or somewhere in like Spain on a beach, legitimately on a beach, enjoying the fact that they won promotion, did not give an F. They got walloped by a Got nothing to play for. Roy to first for nothing. But here's where all the excitement was. So uh, we were in the United States watching Hamburg leading Sandhausen. Sandhausen Stadium looked packed, but you could tell easily all the extra pasty white faces from people in northern <laughs> Germany that were there wearing their hot as foul uh, labeled bucket hats, which I actually thought was a pretty good look. But yeah, anyways. Sorry, uh, Hamburg was able to get the one nil victory, and their fans went onto the the pitch, and like over the the 
you could hear the stadium announcer say, congratulations to Hamburg, you've been promoted to the Bundesliga. The thing was, at the time, there was a 2-1 lead for Regensburg over Heidenheim. Heidenheim... In le- extra time. Heidenheim then got themselves an equalizer. You know, that <laughs> then... In the 92nd... Nope, 91st minute. And it, they weren't done there. What was crazier was the fact that the match kept on going on and everyone's thinking, oh crap, wait a second. That means that, uh, oh my gosh, Hamburg does not get, because, okay, so the equalizer meant that uh, Heidenheim had the slightest chance. They were on 65 points, not 64 points. Hamburg was on 66 Heidenheim needed to find another goal to be able to uh, put it all together. And in the 99th minute, the ninth minute of stoppage time, Heidenheim gets a goal. Heidenheim, by goal difference, same amount of points as Darmstadt. You could see on the stream the Darmstadt guys are paying attention to the game. They're like, oh, we're going to be champions. This is so great. We're going to get drunk again. And then you just see their faces. And then you see the Hamburg folks start hugging each other with their heads bowed because they thought they had earned promotion. And Heidenheim popped two goals in in stoppage time to go from a 2-1 defeat where they would then face Stuttgart, a very, very close rivalry match, uh, like proximity-wise, against Stuttgart for the relegation promotion playoff. They go up as champions in the blink of an eye. In the craziest of crazy circumstances, so last minute, so you can't write a script like this because no one will believe it, it could be true, and yet it is. Wasn't it like ninety plus ten or something nuts like that? Hundred and one minutes. <laughs> it's unreal. Uh, I loved watching the fans on the pitch at Sandhausen as the away fans literally ripping up the turf to take home as a memory. And then they're like, what do I do with this shit now? From their first ever promotion. Yeah. (laughs) Lay on the ground. I mean, they went from never relegated to never promoted. That is becoming their moniker. Yeah. The team that, uh, the team that doesn't move the team that doesn't move. So June 1st and June 5th, we have uh, Stuttgart on the first hosting Hamburg. Uh, Literally the next day is um, a couple days later is Eintracht. Versus Leipzig in the Pokal final. And then uh, Volksfahrtstadion in Hamburg hosts the second leg. We'll see what happens. I'm looking at this and think to myself, something's got to give. Either Stuttgart throws off the monkey that was there when Union Berlin beat them in a relegation playoff. So go through that. They can either get rid of that ghost, that terror, or Hamburg stays down again. Either way, is switching one Traditionsverein for another. So, My money's on Stuttgart. There's an emotional situation involved with Hamburg right now that's got to be really difficult to overcome. We'll see. If thing is, I think everyone, everything is going to come out in the first match. And if Stuttgart does not put them away, uh, I think, I think it's then on in Hamburg will put Stuttgart away. But you know what? We'll see what we will see. 
Chris, it is long overdue for us to go to hashtag what are we drinking after a big, big first segment. What do you got for us? Well, if it's not broke, don't fix it. Uh, Detroit's finest non-alcoholic beverage, Verner's, the original ginger ale. Cannot beat it. It's been working for a couple weeks now, so I'm going to keep it rolling. All right, there you go. And I'm on Stella. Kind of a classic. Can't go wrong Good with stuff. that. Uh, yeah, so next up is Frown Corner, but uh, for that, we'll take a break, so stay with. And we're back, second two of Hey Eintracht Frankfurt. It's time for Frowling Corner. We really kind of covered this in the last episode. Eintracht Frankfurt confirmed for their place. Uh, got multiple players leaving, but uh, they do have dates for uh, late August for the uh, qualifiers. We'll see if I the at the we should find out in about like two weeks' time if Eintracht is going to be a hosting pod or not. But uh, I'd like to see that happen. Otherwise, they just put a beat down on a Mepin, uh 6-0. The girls didn't look like they had to get out of first gear, and they were just pummeling the other team. It does make me think that maybe next year with Leipzig, things will be a little bit more competitive, top to bottom, maybe five teams properly trying to go for the three qualifications towards Europe, obviously one as champions. But um, girls, well done. Third place, second season in a row. Uh, just got to make the off-season moves. Anything you want to add, Chris? Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, it, it, we don't have to rehash the match. Uh, I had to go to the depths of the Danish dark web to find this match. So props to my people in Denmark for uploading the game for me every single week. Um, but six nil speaks for itself. I want to give a shout out to Laura Prashnikar, who has just been dynamite all season long. Um, her stat line at the end of the year, 14 through 22 league matches, 14 goals, 10 assists, 24 combined um, points, the next closest, Laura Fragging at 13. Um, it, it speaks for itself. She was our woman of the match with, what, two goals, two assists, I think, and, or three. I, I lost track. Um, but she's been the woman of the, the squad all year. You cannot compete with what she's done. And without her, uh, we're not qualifying for Champions League again. Uh, for some context, the number to win the league for, I think, for the last five years has been 59 points. We were sitting at 54 this year. So clawing up from three to two and possibly to one, it's tough. I mean, to get four more points than we got in a really strong table, really strong performance from this team, only lost two matches in the league all year, and yet you fall five points short of the title. Uh, Bayern won with one loss and two draws. Wolfsburg, who was uh, three points in front of us, three losses, zero draws. 
So we have to play damn near perfect every single match. Um, I was proud of the way they finished the year. Four wins straight is a hell of a way to finish. I expected more, but again, I think Ajax derailed all of us in that opening match. We're going to lose some heart uh, going into next year. I haven't seen any new signings. Um, Newskin is going to be a big loss. Uh, Fire Singer is going to be a loss, but you know, put the money into this team. They have an opportunity. They're close. I really believe that they invest the right money into the right players. Uh, Nico's the right guy to get this team over the top. There you go. All right. Uh, since we're talking about additions, Hugo Le- Larsen has joined us, an 18-year-old uh, Swedish player. Ginger at that, too. <laughs> Not that that really matters. Has signed a contract with the Eintracht uh, until 2028. He signs from Malmo, one of the, if not the biggest clubs in the Swedish League, the only Swedish team to ever have qualified for a European final, uh, done in 1979. Um, he, this club had uh, produced quite a few uh, national team players over the years. Uh, you might have heard of Zlatan Ibrahimovic. yeah anyways look he's the i think he's the biggest player since uh alexander isaac came from the swedish league to go to dortmund then he went to uh and then to the premier league where he's like the star of newcastle united who ended up qualifying for the champions league from england which if you're star on a team who's top four team in england usually you're Doing pretty darn good job, and he's seen as one for the future. Uh, looks like he's a so replacement, and uh, yeah, over what seven million euros plopped down for this guy. But he looks like he's a real uh, game changer, a young player who's got a lot of uh, matches already from the, the Swedish top league. I don't. Need, I'm not gonna try and pronounce it, just because I do my head in on it. But uh, one for the future. <laughs> What do you th- what do you think, Chris? I like the signing. Uh, I'm slightly familiar with the Swedish game. Uh, I watch a lot of the Danish game, and there's a lot of transfers between the two leagues. So I see some of these players. I'd like to see him add some weight. He's young. I know we talked about it on our on our Discord FPod Discord chat a lot. I'm worried about the Ali Akman situation. The mm. young guy with. YouTube highlights being sent off and we never see him again. Um, we've seen it with other guys. Salazar. Uh, Got a buyback clause on that guy. And a couple others. Just we saying. Do, but it, again, it, again, like. Someone's going to, someone's going to buy value. him. I and mean, the thing is, yeah, he, at least management has changed since uh, people who sold yes, him. That's so. true. And, and when you come in under one regime, there's no guarantee going into the next. Yeah, um, but true. I look at a, I look at the blueprint here as Paxton Aronson. Um, you give him spot time, you see what he can do. You keep him just hungry enough to keep running, keep that carrot in front of the horse, and the horse will keep going. And hopefully, that's who Larson is. Uh, his YouTube is sensational. If we scouted guys on YouTube, you know, everyone would pay <laughs> hundreds of millions, though. So we'll yeah. see what he has in his heart. But certainly on tape, everything looks good. Yep. Uh, moving on from that, it is time to talk about the Pokal. Um, 
Look, anything can happen in the lead up to it. Let's just talk about for our predictions where you can watch the day paper off and now. Um, so, uh, Danny Coyles in San Francisco is uh, going to have a couple of the guys from the SFA Eagles will be there. Roman is in bad football, but rest assured, the, I, the Eintracht fans of San Francisco will be out there. Uh, going from west to east in unconventional format, uh, that is uh, Austin, Texas. The Hop Squad will be hosting that in uh, Austin. The EFC Austin crowd will be over there. And in uh, Minnesota, you can go to Brit's Pub in downtown Minneapolis. For that, there's going to be a couple of fans there. Obviously, Kansas City Beer Company uh, in the Midwest. Shush, Chris, let's not get into that conversation again. <laughs> I didn't say. <laughs> uh, in St. Louis, that is the Amsterdam Tavern. On the East Coast, it's a little bit more single de- uh, circled around the big big watch party that is uh, in New York City Legends Bar is going to have over 100 Eintracht Frankfurt fans from all over the East Coast uh, going there and uh, oh yes uh, Treff Punkt uh, in Scottsdale and uh, the Phoenix the Valley of the Sun will also be hosting some Eintracht Frankfurt fans including one who's traveling uh, over three hours uh <laughs> just to drive down to uh, watch that with the Eagles. Uh, Chris, where in Detroit are those guys meeting up? Did you mention Madison? Got to hit Madison. Oh, yeah. Too. Forward uh, Madison's Grand. Forward Madison. Uh, they'll be hosting at the Forward Club inside the stadium. Beautiful stadium there in Madison. Um, so you can link up uh, there with the Forward Madison crew, uh, who has a nice working relationship with Eintracht Frankfurt. Uh, that's a positive development on the U.S. side of things. And I will be with the Detroit contingent uh, at McShane's Pub at the corner, the famous corner of Michigan and Trumbull, right across the street from the old Tiger Stadium, uh, where the Police Athletic League field is now. Uh, McShane's Pub, good food, good drinks. We'll be gathering there to watch all the events of the day, uh, but especially the Pokal. Is that the is that the old whiskey bar you once told me about that has been around for like a hundred years? No, that we were talking about that one tonight though. We'll we'll talk offline about it. And by the way, um, if if you have a watch party, you're listening to this, you say, "Hey, they forgot us." Um, shoot us a message on social media or go to halfpod.com forward slash map. Uh, we have a place there where you can submit your watch party, or find a bar. We've got a whole list. I reorganized it today. Bars that show the Bundesliga, that show Eintracht Frankfurt. And then we've got a second layer, which shows where all the organized Hefpot approved watch parties are happening. And if you want to get Hefpot approved, make it official, <laughs> send us a message. We'll make sure you get the red dot instead of the black dot. Exactly. Exactly. That being said, Chris talked about the bars. We talked about the team itself. Honestly, I think we found the team that's going to come out against Leipzig. Confident that we got what we need to be able to kick their asses. And I'm going to say we don't need extra time. We don't need penalties. We're not going to have the high drama that we had against Dortmund. We're not going to have the, the 
no calls that we had against at Dortmund, the draw against Bayern, excuse me, getting those mixed up. Uh, I think Eintracht comes away with a 2 nothing victory because we score early. Leipzig tries to just come at us, and we just kind of sit back thinking, okay, we can do this old-school counterattacking stuff all day long. And, uh, yeah, one goal per half. Eintracht, yes, Eintracht with a 2-0 victory over this East German club. Uh, funded by a fizzy drink. <laughs> well, you know, Brian, um, mm. you and I are pretty close in our line of thought. I'm going to put it like this. Uh, they're not strangers to this competition. They've played in the final before. So have we. Three of the but last we four also seasons. Have an experience. That's, that's yes. kind of nuts. We also have the experience of playing a match even bigger than this last year. <laughs> and the experience we have up front with Mario Goza, in the middle with Jabril So, in the back line, Tuta, Hasebe, Indica, even up front again with Lindstrom. Um, all these guys have played on the biggest stages in the Europa Cup or in the Pokal a couple of years ago. I, I know they're very equal on paper, statistically, extremely equal. But I really think uh, Tuta will play up to his potential, and Dika will play up to his. He's got something to prove. Even guys like Torre have something to prove. Christopher Lentz, if he sees the pitch, uh, he, there's guys there with a lot to prove. And this is a last opportunity, whether you're playing for a contract here or somewhere else, or in Kevin Trapp's case, he's playing for a fucking statue outside the stadium, and I'm going to donate the first money to it the minute that game is over. And Brian, you're 100% right. I'm going to catch a lot of shit for this. It's going to be 2-0. 2-0 for Frankfurt. I agree with you on the early goal. Kevin Trapp is going to do Kevin Trapp things, and we're going to come out of it looking forward to a parade the next morning. Oh, man. Oh, man. The Romer will be shaking once again. Here's hoping that, uh, that all the social media uh, accounts of all, you know, the uh, – those people, uh, those kind of people uh, are that are in Frankfurt will be able to enjoy that. And then maybe we get a little bit more attention, some more fans. I mean, I do realize that some people are thinking, Brian, we don't need plastic fans to just come via Instagram. But, yeah, every little bit helps. You know, as long as they buy like three or four jerseys, I don't care all too much. But Hey, you know, it, it, if they just want to. Follow a half pod and listen to us for a while. We'll bring them on board. You know, the, the club calls you and so does a good podcast. Exactly. That's going to wrap it up for this episode of Hey Eintracht Frankfurt. Uh, very, very full episode at that episode 271. I'm really excited for this final. Uh, was very happy with the way that things ended on the season. Well, the match itself provided plenty of drama and hey, we're going to Europe. It's just a question of uh, which one we're we going to. I mean, do we want to go to? I mean, I haven't even golly, I haven't even looked at it right now. As I check at this very moment to see where each each one is, we can go to Dublin and visit Eddie if we go to the Europa League final. Or, of course, we can go to the Conference League, and that final is going to be played in Athens. Uh, at the new stadium just set up there. 
All right, Chris. Thanks Let's for go to Dublin. I, I owe Eddie some beers. Dublin sounds a lot better. Yeah. <laughs> I don't get it. Why? Okay. For like, eh, this is a conversation for another time. Don't understand why they can't seem to find a stadium that is above 35,000 for the Europa Conference final. But uh, we can let's cross the Rubicon uh, when we get to it. Anyways, let's wrap it up. Uh, episode 2. 71. Thanks, Chris, for joining up. Uh, where can we follow you on the social media landscape of the world? Uh, Twitter, Peloton, Instagram, Discord, at C in the D313. I did forget to mention, if anyone's still listening, our last HefPod prize pack for the season. Go on to HefPod.com. There's a nice little form there. Submit your prediction for this match. If you pick it correctly, you'll be in the running to win the prize pack. Brian, you're not eligible because you and I picked the same score, so we cancel each other out. There you go. There you go. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and uh, untapped at KCSGE. Chris is no longer on that because a certain uh, significant other told him to get the hell off. So then you can get, follow us in our other platforms. <laughs> that is at HEFPod on Twitter. Hey, Eintracht Frankfurt on Instagram. Facebook.com slash HEFPod. Or just drop us an email. Hey, Eintracht Frankfurt at gmail.com. And uh, FPod.com. So you can register where you are following the Eintracht physically in the in the bar form. And uh, where you can find other fellow Eintracht fans. So until next time, where we then look back at the Pokemon finale and probably what's happened in the relocation playoffs <laughs> going after the Bundesliga. Until next time, tschüss! Oh man, the Rommer will be shaking once again.